Welcome to the Experiencing Success podcast, where we explore a new path to success that is more enjoyable, fun, and rewarding than we could ever have imagined. I believe that there are too many people not following their dreams and ambitions because the only path we've been taught requires us to sacrifice things we love and compromise our integrity. I want to show you the path that turns the pursuit of your dreams and ambitions into the fun-filled, freedom-rich, abundant lifestyle you desire. A path that doesn't ask you to force yourself to do anything you don't want to do or do something you want to do at a time you just don't feel like doing it a path full of excitement and fascination of ease and flow. I'm your host, Karen Hewson, coming to you from Wellington, New Zealand, where I live with my husband, two young kids and our cat. In 2015, I left my six-figure corporate job to be the stay-at-home parent and committed to building my online business so that it was a win-win-win for me, the kids and our lifestyle. Now I blend work, family and life with such an abundance of time, space and energy that I often don't know what to do with myself. My intention with this podcast is to expand the conversation around how we define and pursue success in our lives, to include this path of ease and flow that I wholeheartedly believe is available to every one of us. While the thoughts, perspectives and ideas I share are filtered through my own lived experience as an extremely privileged, white, cis, straight, able-bodied, neurotypical woman, I invite and encourage perspectives different to my own to continue expanding this conversation for everyone. You're welcome to join me in the Experiencing Success Conversations Facebook group to share your own views and experiences. And you can message me privately on Instagram at Karen Hewson. Now let's dive into today's episode so that you can do more of what you want, when you want, to create the experience of success every damn day. Hello loves, today we are talking about emotional intelligence, we are talking about radical self-responsibility because ultimately we control and can change ourselves. We don't have that control over other people as much as we like to try to change other people or manipulate situations. I'm sure we've all been through experiences that show us that doesn't work very well. And in fact, by simply changing ourselves, changing our thinking, changing, managing our emotions, feeling our emotions and changing the outcomes, we can change our experiences. We can change how things happen, even if they've always, always, always been a different way. So simply by changing ourselves and doing the self-improvement work, raising our emotional intelligence, really claiming that radical self-responsibility, even when it feels hard and uncomfortable and sometimes you just don't want to because it's not your fault. doesn't have to be your fault, but you're the one in the experience living it, feeling it, and is that really serving you? That's the part that we're going to come back to over and over again, is that, is your current experience something you want to be experiencing? And are these beliefs and thoughts and things going on in your head supporting and serving you? Because ultimately, if they're not, then there is a part of you that wants to change them. There's probably a part of you also getting a whole lot of connection and validation <laughs> from 
these things that are happening. That's why we stick with them for so long. Um, but we're going to kind of go into that. And what I want to start with is the emotional intelligence piece with two concepts that completely changed the game for me. The first one is we are not our emotions. Our emotions are energy in motion, energy in motion that can pass through us if we allow it. It is not us. It's not our identity. It is not our whole self. The emotions that we feel are part of our experience at that time. They are not the whole experience. They do impact, influence, color the experience we have, absolutely. But the really important thing and the awareness piece that will allow us to start taking control and taking our power back in these situations is to understand that we are not our emotions. Our identity, who we are, the whole person that we are, is separate to our emotions. Our emotions are something that we, as a whole complete identifying person, experience. That's really big. <laughs> I, I think I explained that really well. However, I know when I first heard that, when I hadn't done this work yet, <laughs> I was like, but it feels really real. <laughs> but it feels like it is me and it feels like it is my experience and it feels like it is my whole identity. And I, I understand on an intellectual level that what you just said is true, but it doesn't feel like that. So I want to bring in the next concept that really was what allowed me to like understand and separate the emotions that I'm feeling from my identity to give me that perspective. Because if we're so in them, we can't have a different perspective and see where these feelings connect to what's happened. And everything starts with this awareness. Everything starts with raising our awareness and seeing what is happening so we can make different choices. So ultimately, no, we are not our emotions. Our emotions are something we as a whole complete identity are experiencing at a point in time. To say that another way that might be easier to fully, more fully comprehend, is that our nervous system is not our whole identity. Our nervous system is a physiological thing in our body with our nerves running all through our arms and legs, and I'll wave things around to <laughs> demonstrate. Um, our nervous system is how physiologically we are feeling emotions and then we attach the sensation in our body to an emotion, a name of an emotion that we understand it and then we tell ourselves things about what that emotion means. So if we strip back it to the really physiological level, feelings are felt through our nervous system emotions are felt through our nervous system and so when we are having an emotional reaction to something you can start to tap into your body and think okay what am I feeling in my body how does this feel and how do I shift that how do I regulate my nervous system so if you've suddenly got a spike of adrenaline or you've got butterflies in your stomach, or you just feel that zing of like tension in your shoulders, that is a physiological reaction that you can shift. And you don't even need to dig into the emotional part of it and all of the thoughts and beliefs, we're going to go into that. 
But I think this very first concept is so important to detach our identity and who we are from what we're experiencing. So our nervous system is, has been triggered. It is reacting in a certain way. It's sending different signals and different hormones and all of the different things are going on and we feel them. We then understand that those sensations in our nervous system um, are the same as other times. And we then think this is sadness, this is jealousy, this is happiness, this is whatever. So the emotions of like, what am I feeling um, is another layer on top of that. And then I'd say, again, we have a whole lot of meaning that we place on, I'm feeling jealous and that means X, Y, Z about me. And that's how our identity gets wrapped up into our emotions is because our nervous system has a physiological adrenaline hormone, like muscle tensing re reaction to something. And we're going to talk more about why that has that reaction. We identify that sensation as fear, sadness, jealousy, and emotion, and we can label that emotion. And then we tell, we give meaning to that emotion. So we say, I am feeling sad. So we've identified what the emotion is. And that means I'm a bad person. That's where we make that identity link. So it's really important to understand those layers because then we can start to detach the identity link. And we can even, um, there's work we can do. I'm about to knock over my bottle. Let's not do that. Um, there's work we can do to, you know, detach the identity and tell ourselves different stories for sure, so that um, we don't have the same thoughts when we have those feelings. But before we do even that, if we just focus on the nervous system regulation, we can help ourselves de-escalate essentially. So we're not acting from this highly charged emotional place. So we can do the things that allow us to relax, like take a few breaths, consciously drop our shoulders, do a few stretches, we can, you know, walk around, any of these things that are going to help us to bring the like, the uh, like hormones, the stress hormones, the reactions, the adrenaline, like bring all of this down a little bit in our body. So we're not feeling the emotion in such a heightened way. And this actually is so relevant, not just for like painful emotions that we may not want to experience or we want them to pass through our body quickly so we're at the other side this can also happen when we have really pleasurable experiences and I've got an example that hijacked me for a really long time where I was afraid of becoming too excited about things in my life because I was afraid that I would not be able to go to sleep and then I would stay up late and then I wouldn't have sleep and then I would get woken up by my children and have to parent and function and go about my next day. And God forbid that that repeated and repeated. So I was just perpetually running on this like lack of sleep and the sleep deprecated state because I had this awesome life I was so excited about. First of all, can we just acknowledge how messed up that is? <laughs> but it's what we do. It's legitimately what we do. And so the piece for me was first of all, realizing what was happening. And secondly, learning to regulate my emotional state because I would get into this highly excited buzz state where these, the excitement and possibility was looping and looping around my head. 
and I couldn't de-escalate the emotion. So even if I stopped thinking about the things that were awesome that were happening, my body was still in a like highly charged, my nervous system was still highly charged. So I needed to learn how to deregulate that. And even when I did have some tools, so I love yoga nidra, um, I love meditation, and they often connect me back into my body and allow me to get into a restful state so I can go to sleep. And yet, even though I had those tools, often I would not use them. And I haven't quite dug into that as in depth to understand, but I think it was more this, you know, I should be able to do it by myself. Or I was actually afraid of letting go of the excitement because I thought I might not get it again. So it's like this double-edged sword, right? Where I needed to regulate my nervous system and go to sleep so that I didn't get into this other like you know bad cycle that I didn't want but I also loved that high anyone who knows human design is going to be like do you have an emotion open emotional center why yes I do um, <laughs> so that's a whole nother thing if you understand what that is that's great if you don't not even a worry about it I'm definitely um yeah I touch on human design in some other episodes but um I needed to trust myself that I would have that experience again that I could when I wanted to tap into those excited feelings that I can regulate myself with some yoga nidra go to sleep and when I wake up in the morning I can still be excited about the thing that happened yesterday and I can continue in that excited state when I wanted to be awake not when I wanted to be sleeping and all of that I mean there's so much in there that I had to unpack that we're going to like break down today. So maybe I'll come back to this example a few times, but ultimately I needed to regulate my nervous system. And so we don't necessarily have to go through all of this other like highly emotionally intelligent, like self-aware business, understanding that our nervous system is separate and that is where our emotions come. And then we add meaning to those emotions that link to our identity. That is a huge concept. So listen to this again if you need to. Let yourself just take in as much of that as you can for right now um, and carry on this fun, mind-blowing journey with me because that's what we like to do. Um, the other thing that happened when I had this aha moment and I was like, oh, my nervous system is separate to me. I can understand that was as a parent. I was like, oh, I can parent my nervous system that makes total sense. And I was suddenly able to tap into all of these tools and skills that I had from helping my children regulate their own nervous systems and process their own emotions. And I could do that for myself. I could parent myself. And so if you are a parent or even if you, um, you know, are in counseling or those sorts of um, industries or simply if a friend came to you in this state, what would you do, say, how would you help them? You already know how to help yourself, but we know how to do it outwardly to other people. We don't often turn that on ourselves because when we are in the feelings, it's very hard to create that separation to allow ourselves the perspective. Now, hopefully, um, understanding this nervous system link to the emotions, to our identity, we can start to separate that out and allow ourselves to parent our own nervous systems. 
Okay. So the second really big concept is how these feelings and emotions come about in the first place. And I talked about how our nervous systems get triggered. So often our nervous systems will get triggered from a thought, uh, from a situation, from an experience, from some essentially some sort of input into our environment, right? Our feeling is a reaction to something. Um, and that is very much based on past experience. So our nervous system also is really responding to behavioral habits. It has this program in our brains that say, when these things happen, I'm going to feel like this. When I feel like this, this is what I do to solve the problem. And a lot of us are familiar with um, like the habit loop. Um, Chris Duhigg, I think, is the habit. It maybe it is even called the habit loop. I'm not sure. We will link it in the show notes. But um, he talks about this habit loop. And it is when we have a cue. So something is triggered by our environment, by our situation, any sort of input, really. Um, and then we have a routine. The actions we take in response to that cue get us a reward. And that is the good feelings. Now, this can, um, you see this in so many different ways. So, for example, um, uh, what's something? I have a cue where I have created space in my life and I don't know what to do with myself. I wander around the house. I think maybe, and I'm not comfortable. The emotions coming up are like, I have all the space. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't have to do all of these things. This is really uncomfortable. What do I do when I'm uncomfortable? I eat something. I go looking for chocolate. So the action from the cue, which is the scenario, um, and we're going to break down that cue, that scenario a lot more, is that I go browse the pantry and see what chocolate's around. I eat the chocolate. I get the endorphins. I feel better. That's the reward. But it's that short-term reward it's not solving the bigger problem and that's because the cue still exists and the behavior is still linked to the cue and now in a lot of the habit books they talk about changing the cue they talk about changing the action they talk about changing the reward um, but the full picture of what's happening here is that the cue is made up of our beliefs that create our thoughts, that create our feelings, that then create our actions or that routine, that then create results, and the results become evidence to support our beliefs. And it was seeing this concept, because you've probably heard that beliefs create our thoughts, create our feelings, create our actions before. I feel like that's really common, but people kind of stop there and we see it as this linear thing and we're often very focused on changing the action because we kind of automatically know that will change the, the outcome the result but we lose the feedback loop so what's actually happening is that this is a loop it is a cycle so our beliefs if we just look at the belief piece they don't come from nowhere and a lot of the time we are 
fairly emotionally intelligent people already. We're generally intelligent people already. Our beliefs, we can look at things and be like, oh, that's very old paradigm. I don't want to buy into that. I choose a different reality, right? However, the beliefs I find that are the stickiest, <laughs> that are the most difficult to shift, is when we actually have a whole lot of our own lived experience as evidence that that belief is true. And so we've held a belief, probably from conditioning, that we didn't necessarily choose to believe in the first place, but has driven our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and resulted in an outcome that has given us evidence that that belief is true. And that has all happened over and over again for however many years until we become more emotionally aware, self-aware, emotionally intelligent, doing this personal development work on this kind of journey. And we look at it and go, okay, consciously, I can see that that's not true or it's not the whole truth, that there is more options available in that situation. However, that loop and that um, like, habit is so ingrained in our neuro, neural system, in our brain, um, it's like the grooves where um, the river runs, right, through the mountains, and it's like, this is the easiest path, so I'm going to flow this way, um, because we've done that over and over, and it's eroded, etc., um, and when we're starting to shift things, this is such a common um, example, you know, we have to do it a lot of times in another direction for that to become the more comfortable, automatic way. Um, and that is true, uh, but with this loop, we can change things at all sorts of different points, and I think in a lot of traditional productivity advice and habit change, we've focused very much on just certain points of the cycle, and now in the new paradigm world where we're making these quantum leaps and we're really shattering beliefs and making a lot of these different shifts, it's what happens is we're completely blowing up the river basically we're like dropping a bomb on the river and we're like oh and then the river has to like find a way to go because it can't go this way anymore because we've just blown it up um and this is where you get those mind-blowing aha moments like that is literally what you're doing is there's like this neural pathway and there's this one path of information and there's this new path of information, and both parts cannot coexist together. This is what you've thought before. This is what you now believe to be true. If this is true, this cannot exist. And so that one, the old one goes boom. <laughs> the new one gets inserted. But you've got this web and this pattern of, I used to believe this thing. It then triggered all of these thoughts which triggered all these feelings, which created these actions in these past experiences, which had these results that was evidence that this was true. Now you are looking at all of those experiences in your life in a completely new view. You've got a completely new perspective on all of those situations. There could be hundreds of situations that you've experienced in your life that used to support this old belief. You have been shown a new way that is like blown up the old belief. And now 
all of those old thoughts that were connected, all of those old feelings, all of the old experiences you had where you took a certain action and had a certain result, you can see why that was happening and that that doesn't have to be the ultimate truth, that you can now choose to do a different thing and you get this clarity that blows your mind. This is where we have to give ourselves space to integrate. So often what will happen is we will be presented with this new belief. It cannot coexist with this old belief. The old belief goes boom. And then, then our poor brain is left to rewire itself. So this new belief pops up and there's nothing connected to it. And all of the old stuff is still there. And it like has to completely rewire itself to say, well, okay, in these sorts of situations now, I have a completely different expectation. I have a completely different anticipation of that. I have a completely different, you know, mindset as to what could be possible. And it could be that you don't know, which is, again, a very uncomfortable place to be. And so it takes time. And this isn't a conscious thing that we're doing. This is a like, physiological, our brain, those neurons are firing and rewiring, um, energetically things are shifting, um, you're possibly like processing a lot of emotion um, because all of those experiences, you had told yourself a story about what they meant that supported those beliefs that you had and now you can see that those stories weren't true or they weren't your whole truth and that they were true in the moment, but now you have more information so you can see them differently. And there's possibly a whole lot of like regret that comes up. I wish I'd seen it sooner, then I could have changed things. I mean, depending on what the thing is that got blown up, the perspective you gained on a part of your life, the like ripple effect of all of these things rewiring of the belief to the thoughts, to the feelings, to the actions and your thoughts and your feelings and your actions are what created your experience and your memory of those things at the time. All of those individual memories that came out with a, an outcome that then fueled that belief, that all has to be released. It all has to go somewhere now. It all has to be released out, let go, like redirected. And not only that, but then when you come across the situation afresh with this new belief, you're then creating new pathways, new thoughts, new feelings, new experiences, new actions you're taking, which are creating new results. And those results are reinforcing the new belief. And this is what is happening when we are on this journey doing these personal development things, raising our emotional intelligence, gaining the perspective on how our unconscious, subconscious brains work, how energetically, you know, what's going on as well. We are blowing up beliefs and we need time and space to integrate. And when I talk about integration, that is what I mean. Um, in, in my program, Integrate, that this beautiful training is a part of as well, I'm very excited. We're looking back and we're reflecting on experiences, 
from a new perspective because we shift and grow every darn week. <laughs> that is our new normal. That is the journey we're on. And so when months pass by, six months, three months, a whole year, and we look back at what happened with a new perspective from a bird's eye view when we're not in it day to day anymore, we can see different things. And one of the themes that has come out for me and some of the other ladies in the program and um, when it comes to business is we can look back and we can be like, oh my gosh, like I wasn't making the sales that I wanted. And then you're like, oh, but I also wasn't selling. I wasn't telling people about what I had available, um, probably for really good reasons. There was probably other stuff going in your life. You hadn't integrated that in. So it was like something you could manage as a day-to-day -day normal thing, like lots of good reasons. It's not something to beat yourself up about, but you legitimately did not realize that that is what was happening. And this even happens to me on more of a day-to-day -day basis with a launch is that I'll do, a, I'll do some stuff and I'll get to this point where I feel like I don't know what else to do, but I feel like the conditioning that I need to do more. But if I stop and have a look at, okay, from the beginning of this launch, what content did I put out? What things have I shared? It's like, you've shared something every day. That's enough. Go take a bath, like calm down. <laughs> but we're conditioned differently. And so we often need to look at the, at the evidence of what actually happened from that bird's eye view with that different perspective to allow ourselves to shift and see the change that's happening. And so when we do that, there used to be a story that we told. We saw different evidence in our experience that was supporting an old belief that was probably not serving us. Now we can see the, the bigger picture. We can see different evidence that supports another belief that we want and we're giving more fuel now to the new beliefs that we want to move forward and we're taking the evidence away now the way that I got explained this explained to me years ago when I was in my day job and we had a, a coach come in um, and I got taught about the beliefs thoughts and feelings thing and it was like a three-pronged stool the way that they taught it and it's literally like the evidence is the legs of the stool, right? And you take them away and the belief can't stand up anymore. You take the, the evidence away and the belief gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And if we shift evidence, the result into our new beliefs, then it will get stronger and stronger and stronger and more stable and sturdy and really easy to build upon don't quite remember exactly what the three legs were of the chair at the time however that <laughs> the point is the evidence holding up the belief and so when we get that perspective and can see things differently we need to integrate that and process that and what is actually happening when we're integrating and processing it is these this link between that old belief the thoughts, the feelings, the actions we would take, the experience we're having, and the results that we got, we were then giving meaning. I need to draw a picture of this. Oh my goodness. We were giving meaning to that result that then supported that belief. Now, the result that we saw can be seen in different ways. We can see just this individual result. So, um, for example, I think, hold on that my, oh no, my, I think the power went, my 
it sees my computer is charging. No, it isn't. Um, I just need to make sure I've got switches flipped on. Hold on. Hold on. Um, yeah, that'll help. Flip the power switch on. And now we're back and we're right. Okay. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. Um, right. Where was I then with the beliefs and the things? Um, <clears throat> that I need to draw a picture. So our experience is made up of the thoughts and the feelings and the actions. Like that's really how we experience something is with those three things. Our beliefs are often something that we don't quite realize. They're a little more like hardwired and subconscious and we don't necessarily know we believe it. And it's often really difficult to kind of dig that out, to become aware of what that is because that's ultimately what is driving this loop. And we, unbeknownst to us, are seeing that evidence and connecting it, like our subconscious is connecting this situation and this result happening to support that belief. But when we can't see that belief, it's really difficult to create this change. Um, so I'll talk about the belief thing a bit more in a minute and how we can kind of find them. <laughs> because that was another piece of the puzzle for me that I, I had got to a certain level of like self-awareness and personal development that my brain got really good at hiding things from me. So I'm like, no, I don't have a limiting belief around that. I can see what's happening. I know what my thoughts are. And I had done things like the thought audit where you kind of go through a day or you sit down and journal and you you think about a thing and then you actually write down like the thoughts that are popping up into your head like I'd done a whole lot of this work and so my subconscious was getting really clever and really tricky and hiding my limiting beliefs from me um so I had this phase where it was really difficult for me to find them and figure out what they were um and so we will we'll figure out how to excavate those in a minute but just touching on the the results and the outcome again um we can look at the outcome, especially if we're expecting it, right? So we have this belief that's driving our thoughts, our feelings, the actions we're taking, and then we're expecting a certain result because that's what is evidence of that belief being true. And so we're looking for that outcome. We're not necessarily looking or expecting other outcomes. Now, I've talked more about this in episode five of the podcast, where we talk about memory bias, um, how highly charged emotional events, like how we remember them differently and how we recall them differently. So that's a really great episode to go and listen to as well, if you haven't already. Um, but what happens then is that we are only remembering part of the result. So Let's take an example where, um, like, say, in business for a launch, you're looking at how many sales, and you're like, oh, I only made two sales. Okay, but that's only part of the outcome, right? So that is the monetary outcome. But also, you want to create experience. Like, we're all about creating the experience we want to live. So was that launch, how did it feel? Was that launch so much easier than the last one? Was it, did it feel like you didn't have to put much effort in? Um, were the two people who signed up super aligned, incredible clients? Are they the right people that you want? Did they fully engage? So for the first round of Integrate, we've got five or six amazing women and the engagement is fantastic. I'm so excited. I get 
the experience that I want and I can see that the ladies are getting the some of the outcomes and the results that they want from joining the program because they are in here and commenting and interacting. And so there's a difference between, oh, I only got so many people versus, okay, I got that many people. What are we making it mean, first of all? But what's the bigger picture? Let's zoom out. What is the experience in the container? Because you can have 20 people in a program and two of them engaging. Or you can have six people in a container and six people engaging. Like there's one thing doesn't necessarily color it colorate co yeah correlate to the other um but we do we make these connections we add meaning we make these connections we add these stories because they're then supporting the beliefs that we have about where we're at in our business about what we can or can't do about how successful or not our launches are etc 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 so in every case, let's just remember that the outcome that we are remembering in the first instance is only one part of the puzzle because that links back to how we remember our experiences and the outcomes and that we can expand our perspective of it and have a look at it from a different perspective, which can give us more information. We can see more of what actually happened to then choose the evidence to support us and move forward. Okay, let me check my notes here. Um, so that's also a really good example of why our beliefs and our experiences feel really true, because they are. They are, a, it's part of what we experience, but it's not the whole experience that's available. Our experience that we have now and that we had previously is and was absolutely true for us at the time but it's not the only truth. It's this old paradigm, new paradigm concept of this both and. That is our truth. And this other thing also, the rest of the stuff that happened is also true. So when we come to our experiences and the outcome and we see like, oh, I only had two people sign up for this launch and that's what we, we think about it. That is true. I mean, we're adding the only, that's up to us, but we had two people sign up for this program and all of these other things as well. But we're not looking at all of the other things. We're just looking at this one thing and amplifying that one thing, which amplifies that meaning, that belief, that evidence to that belief. Whereas there's more that is available. So it's really important to not invalidate our experiences and our emotions because they are true and were true at the time we experienced them, but it's not the entire picture. It's this is true and more truth is available. More of the experience is available and we can leverage that to as evidence for the beliefs that do support us. And this comes back to thinking, well, the evidence we're remembering and the belief that that supports, is that serving us? Is that supporting us? Because often it's not. And so that's when we can use these tools and use this understanding to have a look at more of the picture and say, okay, I had two people sign up. Let's not make that mean anything. What else happened? What else is true as well as this? And it's, yeah, let's come back to beliefs because is that belief serving and supporting you? Sometimes we know it's not and we're not ready to change it. 
And that is so fine because integration is real. I had a, I've had very intense experiences of having my mind blown and like feeling physically sick, migraines, all sorts, because the integration happening was so intense. It, our experiences with integration do not have to be that intense. Um, often we do have a couple that are like that until we start to realize what's happening and understand to give ourselves the space and the rest for the rest of the process internally to happen. Um, but we really want to say like, is this belief serving and supporting us? Um, and simply acknowledging it as a first step of yes, it is or no, it isn't. You don't have to rush to change it. Sometimes simply the awareness around, I recognize this belief and know it's not serving me and not really knowing where to go with it next is absolutely fine because you have raised, a, you've shone a light on it essentially. And now there is space for change. There is space for it to shift. You have opened yourself up to other possibilities. And often when we go as far as we're comfortable and then we pause and we hold the space, other things get rearranged. The universe does its magic. Um, simply not believing in that truth, like simply not giving all of your energy and power to that belief anymore can start to weaken it. And you can shift and change without consciously and like putting effort into it. I know that's a really strange idea. When this happened, this happened to me. I can't remember the exact belief that shifted. But what happened was I used to have this old thought. I wish I could remember the example. And then I was like, what if, what if it wasn't like that? And simply the, that was the only conscious thought I had when this belief shifted for me. It was, what if it wasn't like that? And then I couldn't consciously like piece it together or think of the thoughts that were attached to it or the experiences that I'd had or the feelings that I'd felt. But as soon as I had that thought, I could feel the energy in my body and I could feel it shift. And I realized in that moment that I didn't have to always consciously be aware of or have to journal out this belief was attached to these thoughts and these feelings and these experiences. So I'm going to rewrite them. I'm going to rewrite this belief into affirmations. And then I'm going to repeat these affirmations to myself 50 million times. And then that'll make that other neural pathway strong enough so that eventually I'll go the other way that I want to go instead of this way I've been going for five years. I didn't have to do any of that. I simply had the thought, what if this wasn't true? What if there was another way? And my brain and body rearranged itself. That was a mind-blowing experience in and of itself to realize that I didn't have to put conscious effort and energy into shifting it. And I think part of the reason that I was able to do that was because I had this understanding. I had this understanding of how it worked. You might not even need this understanding. Like that's literally me connecting things and adding story and meaning to something. Because I honestly don't know why it happened. And that might happen to other people all the time. I think we do see it in some situations, right? Where um, a like big life event will happen. Like you get a cancer scare and then you stop smoking. 
right? There's these sorts of things where there's no real explanation as to why the behavior shifted. What happened was an internal thing happened where you said, what if you could see the possibility of you being a different person? You could see the possibility of you having a different identity. And that one was so much more desirable than the other, they couldn't coexist. And so one went boom. And your body, your brain rearranged itself, your energy shifted, and then it wasn't even a choice to choose the old path because it literally got blown up and does no longer exist. Okay, I could talk about this for a while and I wanna make one more point about how to find these sneaky, sneaky beliefs that hang around deep inside our subconscious. Um, and then I'm definitely gonna have to do another episode on like the triggers and trauma part, but this is definitely the foundation for all of that. Um, okay. <clears throat> So uh, I learned this little uh, formula from Angharad Sage um, back in her busting through the BS training, which was one of her very first programs she put out that people bought um, back in the day, uh, three years ago or something, because she's quantum leaping like a mofo, like the queen she is. Um, and so this, um, I just wanted to reference that. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know where I learned it from. Um, I'm not sure if that program is still available, um, although if you message to, you could probably find out um, or have a look on her website. Uh, we, I'll try find a link if it's around. It is, yeah, I'll try find a link and pop it in show notes. Um, but this is what we do. Generally, the beliefs are hiding behind we want a thing and we don't think we can have it. We want a different situation. We don't believe it's available to us right so uh, the example that she gave in her training was think about your a limitless goal think about a big dream and then dream bigger she was like we're gonna find these beliefs and we're gonna smash them. um and so this is a really quick way to see how this formula works um and so i'd love i'd love for you to do this is to write down something that you want it could be a limitless goal. It could be one of your really big, scary dreams. It could simply be, I really want this thing, but you just don't really feel like you can have it right now. Because I feel like these limiting beliefs hide um, behind some really like almost mundane day-to-day -day behavior where it could simply be, I wish the day would go differently. I want this thing, but oh, now's not the right time. Um, you know, I wish I could do this and also we could do these other things. So these are really good like little uh, things for us to expand our awareness and ask ourselves like, okay, how can I have X and Y, right? Um, so often we think we can't have one thing because of this current situation. Instead, you can ask, how can I have this in this situation? How can I make this happen and also have my, you know, husband have space for himself, have my kids served and happy? Like, how can I have this thing? How can I have this experience? How can I fulfill this desire and also maintain all these other things? How can I do this? How can I have what I desire and also not compromise any of the rest of the life that I've created that I really want? That is such a like stepping into possibility question. And often what happens is 
we we first of all can't even think that we stop ourselves before considering how can I have everything how can I have this and everything else because we think oh I'd really want this oh but no 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 I can't have that right now and so we just completely stop we don't pursue it any further than that we just we had the thought we had the desire and then we let it go so have a think about maybe there's something that you've been like I really want this thing but oh no 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 now's not the right time la-di-da whatever reasons right Think of that, or if some, nothing's coming to mind there, think of, think of a bigger goal that you want to achieve, a, big, a bigger goal um, that you want to achieve, yeah, limitless, big goal, go bigger, just something that you want without putting any meaning to it. So the formula goes, I want X, X is your desire, but, so this is the bit where you find the limiting beliefs, where you say, okay, I want, I don't know, I want to buy some new crystals, but I shouldn't really be spending that much money. Um, we've just been on holiday. It's just been Christmas, blah, 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 blah. It might be, I want X, but it might just be one thing or it could be a whole string of things. Like we might go down the rabbit hole, right? <laughs> so this is a great journaling exercise, as you can imagine. I want X, but blah, 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 blah. Now, the blah, 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 is your limiting belief. You don't think you can have this thing because of these reasons, right? Um, but then we go deeper. So I kind of knew that part of the formula and it was this next part that really allowed me to find the sneaky beliefs because I wouldn't have very many but because. I would be able to say, I want this thing. I can see why I think I can't have it, but I choose not to believe those consciously how can I make it happen? But it still wouldn't shift. There was still something else holding that belief in place. So what we do is we say, I want X, I want desire, but blah, 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 limiting beliefs because Z, okay? I want something, but I can't have it because these reasons. But this situation, because these reasons and the everything after the because is the cause of the limiting belief that is that evidence that's supporting that belief and it's those things those causes where I was really able to see what was happening to see that belief and start to use that loop of the belief the thoughts the action the feelings the actions the results to really see that loop and start to unpack it for these really sneaky ones, right? Um, so I want X, but blah, 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 because blah, 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 blah. More really good logical excuses and reasons why I can't have the thing that I have, despite the fact that I am working on fueling the belief that if I desire it, it is available to me. That's a really good one to work on. <laughs> I have a whole nother story about how I work through that myself, um, which I'll, I'll do a podcast episode on as well. Um, but I know a lot of you ladies in Integrate in particular, like, you know, Kate Decker, we love her. If I desire it, it is available. And we believe that. And we want to fuel that belief more and more. So whenever there's something that we feel like we can't have, I want this, but blah, 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 because all these really good reasons that they are probably like really good reasons. 
Are they serving you? Are they supporting you? Are they allowing you to have what you desire? No, they are not. So then we ask ourselves, how can I have what I want without compromise? How can I have what I want and also have all these other things? Yeah, there's a lot more to it that I could talk about and dig into, but we'll do that in the episode about me really taking on this belief of if I desire it, it is available to me because there's definitely some nuance in there. But for the first level, I'm going to repeat that one more time. I want something, but blah, 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 because lots of really good reasons. Are they serving and supporting me? No. They are stopping you from having what you desire. By definition, they are not serving and supporting you. So then you shift into possibility and you ask yourself, how can I have it? How can I have it? How can I have what I want and not compromise these things? How can I have what I want and also have all these other things? How can I have what I want and make sure that all the people I love are looked after and they don't lose out? Um, Another way we can look at things depending on what the belief is, is what if it does work? Because sometimes you think you can't have a thing because all of this bad stuff's going to happen. What if I can have my thing and it does work out? What if I can have this thing and it creates all of these benefits and supports all of the people that I love? So how can I and what if all the good things happen? Those are two of the ways that you will open yourself up to possibility. And you don't have to know the answer. The point of asking yourself those questions and allowing those questions to roll around in your brain is that your brain will literally look for answers. I talked about this in episode three, I think. And we talked about, no, it was episode one around our RAS system in our brain, our reticular activating system that literally looks for what our brain is asking for. Like what we're feeding our brain is what it looks for. So when we start to ask ourselves, how can we do this and this other thing? Our brain will look for answers. It will be scanning our environment. We'll be, we will be open to opportunities. Something will come across our path and we will be like, what if we did it this way? What if I asked this person to look after my kids that evening? That like our brain is doing the work, but we need to, we need to let go of the, I don't know the answer right now, because I think often we say, okay, how can I do it? Well, I don't know right now, so I can't. No, no, no. Let your brain work for you. Ask yourself the questions, roll them around in your brain, allow yourself to believe in the possibility and let your brain go to work and hold the space, hold the space. And when you get that little thought and you get that little, oh, what if it happened this way? That is when you can take the action. And then, then my darlings, we have found the limiting belief. We have decided we're going to choose to believe that something else is possible. We are thinking, how can I thoughts, which are creating open, clear feelings. We're not stuck in the, like, I don't like saying lower vibe feelings, but we're not stuck in the, like, I can't have it, like, a painful, yucky feelings. We're open to possibilities. We're open, we're clear, we're expanded, which means we can receive the little thoughts, the little nudges, the little like, what if I reached out and asked this person, which allows us to take the actions that create different results. And then 
we get a different result, which fuels the belief that if it is available, no, if I desire it, it is available to me. And so we just can keep repeating this process for the, for the rest of our lives to get everything that we desire, to decondition, to shift our beliefs, to clear out our limits, and to create evidence for ourselves that we can have what we desire without compromise. We can have what we desire and we can experience it, not just have the thing, but have the experience of pursuing it in a way that we love. Experiencing success is the podcast. We are focusing on loving and the experience of the journey as well as achieving the thing that we want. So we want to love, we wanna have great thoughts, to have great feelings so that we take actions that feel effortless, that create results that we desire, which fuel beliefs that amplify this whole process of thinking supportive thoughts, feeling amazing feelings, taking easy actions, creating that experience that we want, which comes from our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, creating the, these amazing results that are the life we want to live, that are the that open more opportunity for the experiences we want to have and fuel the whole system so I think that's a beautiful place to finish I will do a follow-up episode which will be more on radical self-responsibility but if you were digging into this and doing even a tiny bit of this work um, you will absolutely be claiming radical self-responsibility and we'll talk more about triggers and trauma and personal power and everything in a, in a follow-up episode but um, if you're listening to this on the podcast please come into the uh, Experiencing Success Conversations Facebook group I would love to know your thoughts we post every week a like let's discuss thread just to remind and encourage you to share because my intention is that this is a conversation and I want to hear from you. I would like you to add to the conversation and your experiences, your, ex your perspectives. Um, and thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and feel called to share, I would love for you to take a screenshot and share it on social media. If you're sharing on Instagram, you can tag me at Karen Hewson. I love to see who's listening and connect with you. You can also subscribe to the podcast, send this episode to a friend, leave a review or any of the above. Five star reviews and ratings do help more people see the podcast and get this message to the people who need to hear it. I want to know how you're feeling about this episode. What did it bring up for you? What really resonated with you? What are you feeling called to say and share? I invite you to join us in the Experiencing Success Conversations Facebook group to share your experience and continue the conversation. If you desire more support on this new path to success, I have a couple ways that you can work closer with me. My productivity course, Feminine Productivity Fundamentals, is a self-paced course that teaches you how to work with your energy, allow in more support, and find your productive flow so you feel like you have all the time in the world to do anything you want to do in the most enjoyable way possible. My one-on-one -on -one coaching program, Ease and Expansion, is a soft, safe space for you to land as you navigate this intuitive-led life in business, family, personal, and spiritual growth. A space for you to process, integrate, share, be held and witnessed on your journey. 
a space for you to shift, heal and clear anything in your way, a space for you to learn how to expand with ease. You can find links for these programs and any other resources I mentioned in this episode in the show notes. Until next time, let's go do more of what we want, when we want, to create win-win-win situations for everyone we love, that includes ourselves, and experience more moments of success every day.